0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Pros, and Superheroes. If it's your first time coming to hang out, let me tell you what's up so we can all get down on the episode. Buds, Pros, and Superheroes is not only the name of the show, it's the sections of the conversation we're going to be having today. So right off the bat, let me switch things up by introducing our guest right at the very beginning rather than trying to bury the lead. Danny G is back for another episode, guys. Please,
1: sir, say hello. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, live this time with you better quality for everybody we have a lot to chat about yeah thanks so much for having me again man absolutely excited to be doing this thank you
0: oh absolutely so speaking of what we have to chat about today like i was talking about in the bud section of the conversation today we're going to be bullshitting we both picked up some really tasty buds that we have been trying sampling and sharing with one another before we got this recording going In the bro section, I'm going to ask you, sir, about some pet peeves. If you have any what they are, we'll find a bullshit of that and that. Wait for it, it, because it will perfectly lead us into the superhero section. Wait It's a good one. It's a good segue. Trust me. Where we're going to talk about the Suicide Squad. So that's the brand new one with uh, James Gunn at the helm of the director's chair. So with all that in mind, guys, I hope everybody stays until the end of the episode. Like, share, subscribe, all those fun things that you do on the episode. But with all of that out of the way, we can get right into the show proper, which we always do in the Bud section so you came bearing gifts you came with quite a few different things and the one i want to talk about is the one that we just put inside this monster bowl and crushed which makes sense because it's a bowl and what is it called
1: oh man this one's called lucky charms this one's from pharmaceutical rx one of the grower processors out towards pittsburgh area Right out of Farrell, Pennsylvania. So that's really, really far away from here. It's about five hours, I would say. Um, these folks are using an organic process, making things a little bit different um, than a lot of the rest of the state. It is super expensive. It's $75 an eighth. But as you can tell, this stuff, it kicks the bricks for sure. It is it is definitely some high-octane fuel. Um, absolutely tasty. Just like you said, it it's really neat.
0: First and foremost, you have to really, truly imagine that it does smell like a bowl of cereal, or at least maybe not the full aroma, maybe a bowl that had cereal in it, and now it holds weed in it. But pretty much, like at the end of the day, that's what it smells like to me.
1: Cereal milk straight up. Yep, I get it. I get it real thick off of this for sure.
0: And then it's brilliant enough to also keep that during the smoke where you smack your lips for a little bit, and it is a little sweet still. It does stick through it, and then to go right to the effect of it, like I had only one hit, and yes, we've been smoking for a little bit before that, but I I feel that one still pretty well, and it is a nice wake-me-up-before-you-go-go kind of hit. It was good.
1: It's particular. It's a very – looking at the Terps itself, it's – has a uh, helping a limonene that would be the bursting of happiness that you're talking about right off the jump followed by linalool one of my favorites that one's the relaxing side of it so it keeps you happy but able to focus a little bit get get you doing what you need to do on a happy note it's one of their harmony sections so they kind of assure you that you'll be able to enjoy this if you take it on a lighter dose you'll enjoy this on a fashion where you could be able to calmly do what you need to do throughout the day but still focus on doing it which is Absolutely one of my favorite things about cannabis is jumping into each little thing and seeing how how it could benefit your day. And this is one of my
0: absolute favorite things about having you over is you were just saying words that I was like, okay, say more of these. I recently had Daniel from the Reasons I'm Broke podcast, a good friend of the show. We're always hopping back and forth. Go check them out. But he was asking me about some weed stuff, and I got to feel like you just did. He was like, oh, uh, indica and sativa. And I was like, well, what I understand is that this is what happens. And he's like, interesting. I learned something. I was like, cool. We're doing it. The show is working. Like, that was the point. And now with you on here, so go through that one more time of... What you were looking for and just explain to any listeners and myself what exactly you just said and what you were looking for there.
1: So for me, uh, as a person that likes that, you know, I search for, you know, what the patient actually needs. And for myself right now, I just want to make myself feel happier as a person living in Scranton. Sometimes it is rather Depressing, you know. I I work out here, but you know, sometimes not not every day sunshine. And to me, picking up some cannabis could be that little bit of sunshine. So I search for specific terps. Limonene tends to give you that happy boost of energy that, like, not too jolting, but more of a happy, you know, happy side that you can really just feel the uplift off of. That that's one sativa terp that I really enjoy the most. For me, I also enjoy karyophylline, and this does have a lot of karyophylline in it. That's the euphoric side. I love that tingly sensation that cannabis can give you after a long day at work, after one of your most stressful moments in life. You know, sometimes things come at a sudden moment and you don't even know it, and you need some quick relief, and that's why I find it through flower the easiest. And searching for terps, Finding the right amount of THC for me, you know, because I do like a little higher uh, amount, but nothing too crazy. It doesn't even have to be 30. Uh, This one right now is only about 24%. But if I stack this up against something that is 32% with no terps, you're going to feel this sensation stronger than that. I I guarantee it, you will. You know, because there are a lot out there, uh, people that search for specifically just high THC. And those people are, are also the people that that come back the quickest, because if you're searching for that only, um, you're only going to get that sensation for a short amount of time, uh, as opposed to it being carried through with the terpenes, and that really carries your high. So, yeah, I definitely look for specific things: the limonene, the linalool, the cariofilene. Uh, like I said, linalool comes; it's more lavender. Everything you know, all these are found in natural you know, naturally, like we, we spoke in our first discussion. So, yeah, I follow through on a lot of these. I follow through for the cannabinoids, which is your THC, your CBG, your CBD, and then I follow through for the terpenes. So, what I find to be the best balance for me might not work for everybody, but I'm able to find, you know, find out these specific terpenes or specific cannabinoids that would work best for the patient. So, the cannabinoids affect
0: your... Cannabinoidal system? Your endocannabinoid system. Thank you. So what do then the terpenes affect? Or is it just a
1: a more punch with the... Yeah, the terpenes are actually more that punch that you're looking for. So the terpenes actually really give you the sensation of certain things that you're looking for and uh, can offer more of a therapeutic uh, advantage for the patient. So finding these particular terpenes... Can be a- aidful for cancer. Can be aidful for uh, depression, anxiety. List of mental health in- illnesses, uh, gra- gastrointestinal illnesses. Um, there's actually just about. There's a little bit of any everything for everybody. Um, even arthritis in particular. I'm not telling you you need to sit there and smoke weed, but you could sit there and actually. Get a nice topical or, or a transdermal for yourself, a nice lotion and just apply it to, you know, locally to what you actually need help with. Um, like I said, there's something for everybody for sure. So it's all about listening to the patient, hearing what they need and then tackling it from there.
0: So for anybody who wants more of you on Instagram, like more reviews and stuff like that, you got a page going that I wanted to talk about. I'll definitely let you drop that name. I know we did in our first episode, but things have changed. Followers have gone up and things, big things are happening. Please go ahead and gush about that for a little so, bit.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Uh Northeast Pen or Northeast PA underscore Can is gonna be my handle on Instagram. Right now, I'm about I'm running over on 800 followers, you know, which is real exciting. It's, I've had my page for about a year. I'm coming up on over 220 posts, I believe, on reviews lately. Still mainly flower, and I'm doing it for the people. I want them to see what they're they're buying before they buy. I want to give them an honest opinion on it. I don't I don't really bullshit, you know. As you can see on some of the posts lately, they've been pretty harsh on some of them. I've been critiquing pretty hard um because these these people need to realize just because the um right now my main main concern as a reviewer is just because the um amount of people coming in you know the supply is really high um so we actually have taken a toll on the quality because the supply being so high they need to ramp up production that's my main concern as a reviewer is giving people an honest opinion on, you know, especially with something ramping up as, as much as it has been. Every facility is growing um, in size from 40,000 plus to 200,000 plus square feet, which is massive. So they're actually pumping out larger numbers than ever, and they're going to continue to do so. And the quality is taking, is taking is taking a toll on it, so... Right now, I I just want to continue to do that. I'm progressing towards a 1,000 followers, and I'm going to be doing a giveaway. So I'm going to be having a couple swag items for everybody because not everybody has a chance to get them, even though they're spending so much money on it, as you know. Um, It's rather expensive in this state. So trying to just do a lot of things for the people still.
0: That's awesome. You're awesomely generous for doing that. Make sure to go ahead and subscribe over there. Your name kind of brought up something that I was talking about with Popco on an episode before. So you said you're N-E-P-A, or...
1: Northeast P-A.
0: Okay. Northeast P-A. All right, that's going to lead me into the question. Have you heard when people pronounce N-E-P-A into one word, and how would you say it? I would say NEPA. Okay, that was one of our things between NEPA and NEPA, and I said NEPA, and he was like, fuck you, and I was like, okay, thank you. (laughs) And then the next one, our city to the south starts, it's got two names in it. Okay. Wilkes Bear. Bear. So you're a bear person. Yeah. See, I'm a bar person. Anybody who hasn't, go ahead and listen to the Go Project. We talked for a while about this specifically. In Wilkes Bear, Wilkes Bar, or Wilkes Berry, you're correct all the way around in saying it. It's a very strange thing that I learned when I moved here. And I also learned, like, do you
1: have you seen Inglorious Bastards? The film with Brad Pitt? Yeah. Yeah yes
0: so michael fassbender is in a bar and he's having to get nazis believe that he's a nazi and the scene is very tense and he just about does yes you did it yourself and he orders three of something by putting up his pinky his middle finger and his ring finger i don't know why i said them out of sequence there but he says three almost all making an okay backwards and that's when motherfuckers are bang 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 you know that's when it ends because he didn't do it correctly nazis or germans i should say are taught to do it with the index finger the middle finger and the ring finger outwards like a three why i'm bringing this up is around these parts that is your wilkes bar bear and berry so like i would say like where do you go to school i say oh i go to wilkes university wilkes bear and they're like oh you're not from around here are you and i'd be like how did you know and they're like because it's not Barry, you dumbass or whatever it is and lots of people say it different around here it's fucking funny it was definitely something to get used to in this area
1: the lingo out here is a lot to get used to, for sure. Um, It is ever-changing. Mine's not the same as everyone's out here, for sure. The old Forge is very particular. Uh, Wilkes-Barre, like you said, the name of everything, the, l- the lingo out here is insane, so...
0: One last shout out to the Beard Owl podcast. I found them just scrolling through Instagram where it was funny. They posted a picture and it said they were from Wilkes-Bear. And I was like, how the fuck do you guys pronounce it? And they reassured me that the way to say it is, in fact, Barry. What do you think? What was yours? I forget already. I My said bad. bear. You said bear. Yeah. I say bar. So it just continues with the bullshit of it could be y- anyone.
1: You want to know why I back it up? B-A-R-R-E. Bear. 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 Just bear, not berry.
0: I agree like, that I, at the end of the day, berry lines in third place, but I also see how people get bar because if you were to spell B A R R E and especially put a line over the two R's, it's done. But I could see how, like, over time, people are like, fuck it, I'm not drawing that line anymore. <laughs> it's just bar, especially too, when out of the two of them, Wilkes went on to make the college, and bar's just kind of there by accident.
1: It would be suitable with how many are there.
0: Finally, the one last thing in this that I wanted to bring up was kind of as we were talking about supply and demand. We were talking about in a previous episode as well about Amazon getting into weed. And how do you feel about that? Because that was my number one thing. If they're going to see the demand, and it's especially when it's recreational, it's going to be through the roof. Everybody's going to want a shit ton quickly. And I feel like that might lead to some issues. What are your thoughts?
1: I think what's sad about Um, someone as large as them getting involved would be them taking a lot of jobs from smaller people trying to make it big. I think this is the land of opportunity for sure. There are ways that you can make, you know, progress yourself and progress your, career. And I think that one way would be to have that snubbed out would easily have a conglomerate such as Amazon come in and say, hey, we're doing the same exact thing as this average Joe is doing, but we could do it better. We could do it cheaper. We could do it more fast because we have the money to pump behind it. That's one part of me that's super concerned. Um, There's also a part of me that says, okay, um, now you're going to make it better or easy for people that are maybe in rural areas that can't always go get their cannabis, get their cannabis. I'm all about that because I've been out to Wyoming. I've been out to Colorado where these parts, you have to travel, travel to go get your stuff. I don't want to hop on the road for a hundred miles. You're fucking smart, dude. Didn't even think about that. So I'm sitting there and saying, that's a great way for the elderly to get their stuff. It's a great way for people that have been, you know, really really suffering throughout their years and to easily get their stuff. So yeah, I am I'm on board with it too. But that big part of me, you know, in the in the large cities where the urban areas are, that people already have things implemented, it's going to be tough for me to say, yeah, go ahead and do it there. I would say the people that need it the most right now would be people out here. Pe- people in the rural areas even though Scranton, Wilkes-Barre area is Urban per se, it's very scattered. You know, it is very far to go some places. So it would be nice to have delivery for sure. So I think the delivery of goods through Amazon would assure safety. But again, no one likes to see someone, these big corporate industries, taking a big hand and sticking it in there and making even more money than they they already have. So if they're going to be doing it, they better be doing it for the right reason. They better be giving it back to the people. That's all I could say.
0: And that would be a nice thing to say, but I'm sorry. Just there's me and me, and that's like that's not going to happen. It's going to go in a billionaire astronaut's pocket so he can go on to become closer to fucking Lex Luthor slash, what's his name, Dr. Evil as he can be. I think I said I'm worried about it on two levels of either what we were talking about, supply and demand. So they're going to cut corners to make sure it gets grown faster without care. There's no love to the plant. And B, they're probably going to make people suffer to be like, hey, you're working a 24-hour shift to make sure that these don't reach humidity or whatever the fuck, I don't know. But let's hope not. I do, I'd do. i rather end on your sentiment of like, let's hope it's for the people, but at the same time, let's hope they're riding unicorns when they do it too. I could say if
1: they're going to be rowing, things are going to be ugly. If they're just delivering, things could be great. If they're growing, I think, like you just said, that's a lot of hands in the in the bowl. That's a lot of hands trying to tend to plants that's... All facilities out here are 24 hours per se because they have security there, but the way they would run them, yeah, the way you said it, they'd be running them just to have grows doing it overnight. They'd be doing it. They'd be stressing the plants. Um, so yeah, big corporate MSO grows are scary sometimes for sure. And hearing Amazon trying to actually cultivate, eh, I'm not a big fan about that either. No, for delivery. Yes, for that. No, perfect.
0: Perfect. One more time, though, for anybody who wants to get some more on you and your reviewing, drop that Instagram name.
1: NortheastPA underscore um, Canna, C-A-N-N-A. Um, yeah, go peep it out. There's a lot of reviews on there, a lot of photos. Uh, just upgraded a jar a little bit from a folk, one of my folks down in uh, Plymouth meeting. Um, sent me a new jar, so I got to, you know, I have some, a lot of cool stuff to che- check out, so northeast pa underscore canna c-a-n-n-a uh thanks again for that yeah no absolutely
0: with that though we are going to close on out of the bud section and get into the bro section entering into the bro section i kind of tasked you today all right so actually i should probably start this a little bit over today this morning i went to the chiropractor i love the chiropractor and i was laying on the little rolly massage bed thing and it's my zen time it's really really nice dude and it just goes and it vibrates and it goes from the base of your neck to like pretty much the top of your ass crack maybe just one more down like in between butt cheeks just rolling you like this and it's supposedly so when you get in with the chiropractor you're a little bit looser anyway it's almost like a mini massage and it takes about 30 minutes so it's it's a while that you're laying on there getting it done and it is a nice quote unquote me time experience Meanwhile, across the way, there's a fuck on his speakerphone talking about what he's doing, and he's not doing it well, either speaking into the phone correctly, or the person on the other end isn't A, good at listening, B, doesn't speak English as their first language, nope, there is no C, I can't think of another one. But anyway, it's like, I'm laying on a table. It's a table! I'm laying on a table, I'm at the cut, and I was just like... This might be my biggest pet peeve ever. Thank you for the very long introduction, ladies and gentlemen, and anyone else who has entered this bro section of.
1: What's your biggest pet peeve? <laughs> All right, I, you know, thinking about this because you, you brought this up to me earlier today at work. You were like, eh, "Think about it," and I was like, "All right, I thought about it." I was thinking there, sitting there, thinking there, thinking there. My biggest pet peeve is if I go into any toilet. Any bathroom, okay. And there's no two things, like everything needs to be full. That's my biggest pet peeve. Everything needs to be full. I need to have soap for my hands. I need to have toilet paper for my butt. I need to have either a dryer or some napkins or something to dry my hands and open the door. I. That that would be one of my biggest things. I think the bathroom. I, I have a big bathroom thing. And everything needs to. I have a, I have a big etiquette on it, and everything just needs to be kind of crisp. So having a stock of things in the bathroom would be like one of my craziest things. I want to have. I want to make sure everything's good because I can't tell you how embarrassing it is to walk into a bathroom and not have toilet paper. To walk into a bathroom and all you have to do is rinse your hands off with water because. Maybe you just wiped your butt or something. You know, you gotta wash your hands. It's weird to get this way, but like that's my biggest thing. And it just nothing comes
0: out. Nothing Maybe comes Like you out. don't you're even like, get the like the kind of leftover one. It's literally bone dry. Bone dry, and you're I like, that and you're like,
1: Ooh! you're like, what am I gonna do?
0: Hand sanitizers, sanitizers thankfully, backfully in stores.
1: Right, thankfully, right, finally. Hey, I don't have to go get the fruity scented ones anymore. I could get the true things. Just
0: you know. the, yeah, 90, I want 99.9% effectiveness.
1: Yeah, that point one ain't gonna get me.
0: <laughs> have you ever, unfortunately, had the experience of going and doing your business sitting down in a stall to realize you don't have toilet paper? So you have to pull your junk up over the front part of your business, but not the back, because we don't want anything left behind. Open the door, peek your head out, look both ways, and then shuffle into the one
1: next door to pray that that one has had toilet paper. That has never happened to me in a public stall. However, I can't tell you how many times in a work setting I have had to text an employee, yo, I need some toilet paper. And actually, like, sometimes you're sitting there for a second because no one's ever on the phone sometimes. Um, but yeah, that would, it's, yeah, it's embarrassing. So honestly, my biggest pet peeve, make sure that everything's stocked. And if you're using the bathroom last, check everything before you leave, you know, and if every, if something's not full, let someone know that can fill it, have them fill it. So the next person doesn't have to feel that embarrassment. That's my biggest pet peeve. Just fill your toilet, fill your, uh, your toiletries in your bathroom. It is a good one. But I'm sorry, I'm going to
0: have to hold stead with talking on the speakerphone in public. I can't think of a reasonable reason to actually use a speakerphone almost ever. Maybe, and this goes a little personal, like if you're talking to, I don't know, like your mom or something. She's been going for like 20 minutes or something and your ear needs a break because it's all hot. That one makes sense, but I couldn't understand why this person chose to have this conversation while laying on the bed and then had to describe what was happening via, I think there was even FaceTime, and that's a
1: whole other level of like, what the fuck is going on? You're in public. You have such a good point. I actually live with someone that uses only the speakerphone all the time,
0: and honestly... Oh, it, I'm going to scrape it, somebody out before I even meet oh,
1: them. She's going to oh, fucking my hate me. goodness, it's... It's it drives me up the wall. You're absolutely right. Now that you're talking about it, I'm like sitting here cringing, just because. Yeah, you know, I live with someone that uses a speakerphone all the time, and um, it is a lot. It is a lot. You have to hear their conversation with anybody and everybody, and then sometimes they expected you to hear in on conversation because they're setting plans or something. You know, small things like that, you know, for that's really in-depth. But, yeah, crazy stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of them. You don't have to hear anyone else's conversation. I agree. And before this gets us into hot waters,
0: how about we switch this up? And my, my actual favorite pet peeve or my number one pet peeve indeed is people who park in the fire lane. That shit bothers me as well. If you have people parking in a parking lot and they're in the fire lane, why are you doing that? Don't you see the fire lane? Like I can't park. Nobody's supposed to park there. Have you ever yeah. seen somebody park in the fire lane? Though? Oh
1: yeah, definitely. Sitting in the fire lane, um parking in the fire lane, double parking. Yeah, what the fuck does that technically mean? It means that you're just parked in the street, you're right? Parked in the street. You're taking up uh, yeah, you're taking it, up the space, uh, space on the street and anything additional towards the curbside. Such a um, weird
0: name of double parking.
1: Double room. parking. It happens so often right here in Center City, Scranton, when I'm, whenever I'm driving right through work to get to work. It's it's always like um, you see people getting their Starbucks in the morning and they're sitting there. You'll see people parked right on the side of the street. Oh, that spot's taken up. I'm going to park right next to this car right here and put my four ways on. And then I'm going to walk out and go get my coffee real quick. And if anyone else he, it wants to hell with them, you could drive right around me because you're not hitting my car. I, that's what, yeah, you're absolutely right. That would be another thing that does drive me up the wall. The fuck is that about?
0: That, like, just a PSA for anybody and everybody putting your four ways on means that your vehicle is broken or. Breaking. So if you're on the road and it's going and you're going, but it stops working, like you're going to glide, that's the time to put them on. Once you are broken on the side of the road, that's a good time to put them on. To indicate that at any other time kind of seems like a fuck you to almost every other human being that you're sharing the world with, especially the road with,
1: on that particular moment. Especially when it comes to parking. If you put your four ways on and your car, yeah, your car is completely fine. The only times you should be using your four ways are snow, fog. That's another good point. Yeah, fuck yes. You're right. Ring. It doesn't have to
0: be breaking. If you can't see in front of you, you can. Yeah, good point. Put them are. on
1: so people can see. You. But uh, if you're sitting there trying to bark. Oh, my goodness. Get the hell out of my way. I agree. Totally. Oh, that's not one thing I'm a, I'm a fan of either. I'm sorry. No, because just because it always happens on my way to work and then I'm always swerving and then I'm nailing a pothole right in screen, you know? And just to continue on with this,
0: anybody who doesn't know or anybody who's trying to have a good laugh about road rage, there is a device inside everybody's car to the left of their steering wheel, which goes up and down to indicate left and right. It is a signal that allows people to know when you turn. It is a turn signal. When you want to turn off the road, you could flip that motherfucker on
1: and let me know when you're gonna do that shit. Wait, 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 wait. You're from New Jersey, right? I am. You know what a turn signal is. Oh, fuck you. So
0: we know how to drive. Now I will say we drive aggressive, but we get the job done. Yeah. Now we'll turn the turn signal on when we're like a fucking just a hair away from your bumper, but we signaled.
1: <laughs> turn right here. All right. Babe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, we do that as well. That Fast and the Furious meme is pretty much all of New Jersey. Just like, oh, that's my signal, especially on the Garden State Parkway. Four or five lanes of traffic. You're driving down and somebody's like, take 135. And you're like looking up and 135 is
1: pointing this way. And you're like, all right, good luck, everybody else. Right turn. Drive it like you own it. Otherwise, you're not getting there. That's right. Yeah, this is a good, good call. My other pet peeve, if we're talking about anything crazy, I could talk about smoke talk is when someone's chilling on that joint or the blunt as they're talking about a story. Pass it. Don't sit on it. Don't hound it. You already know what you're doing. People that sit there and, you know, aggressively puff as they're speaking about their story can just, you know, feel free to feel free to pass that thing. Um, dogging the dogging the joint, dogging the blunt, whatever is not one of my favorite things. That would be another big pet peeve of mine. Uh, if you have a story to tell, tell it as the rotation's going, not as you're the one handling the, you know, handling the joint, handling the blunt, or any piece you're smoking out of. Honestly, because it's happened before with, uh, for me with even vapes stationary vapes where people are just sitting there with the the hose and they're <laughs> yeah, sitting yeah, on yeah. the hose forever and I'm like hey where's my chance on the hose you're just sitting there on it boy you know so make sure you share the wealth you know share share the share the love there that was that's another one of my big pet peeves now would you always
0: call it dogging it? That was a new one for me to add. I was specifically gonna ask you what you called it when somebody's holding on to the yeah, piece too long. I
1: would say dogging it, you know, you're just sitting there, um, a dog with his bone, kinda just sitting there, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Um so yeah, I called it dogging it. My favorite is to say, you know, especially when, you
0: know, because sometimes you'll get those type of people that we're talking about where they're chatty Cathy's and they're kind of going, no offense to any Cathy's out there who are actually quite introverted and don't say it too much. But if you're not one of those and you're talking with the piece, you know, you might be talking too much. But I also get people who like take it and they just, and that was a long pause for a reason. People, they're just holding it there just like, and it's not that they're thinking not to, it's just, you have to kind of like tap them like, and they go
1: yeah okay yeah the people that are a little too high you know not not too high they, that you know they're really feeling their medicine at that point yeah no doubt you got to give them a little nudge hey come on come on back to reality yeah we're here <laughs> we're all here again yep, yep. Please, to the right sir i love that feeling though where you get so spacey that you completely forget that's funny i love seeing that when you're sitting there and you know what you're doing though and you're like you know trying to get a, a couple additional puffs off of it oh yeah and um Maybe you didn't throw in on it. Uh, that's not a good look on anybody, so good etiquette all around, yeah. And
0: going back to the thing, though, I'll usually say to them if they're being the talker, I'll be like, is that a fucking microphone all of a sudden, or do you need that to talk? Like, what's going on? Keep it going, or something like that. Or the other one I go is somebody it has been said to, like, if you take too long, you bogart it.
1: Oh, yeah, that that is definitely something I haven't heard in a long time, that, that you're just, uh, yeah, you're that's yours, you're... It's mine. Yeah. Yeah. That, to me, that's my easiest way of like, interpreting Bogart, and it's yours, and that's it.
0: So there was a guy in the 30s named Humphrey Bogart, and he was a pretty popular actor in many film noirs. One of the ones that I was introduced to the earliest was called The Maltese Falcon. And I ended up showing my dad that, and the end of the story is, is if we'd be smoking, I'd be like, come on, did you find The fucking Maltese Falcon, Bogart? Let's get this going. <laughs> But other than that, yeah, dogging it is now another one that I'm going to add to that. That's pretty fucking funny.
1: You're sitting on it like a dog with the bone, you know? I'm yeah. going to add that. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good one. It reminds me of uh, Tom and Jerry, you know, the big the big dog.
0: With the red collar, yeah. With
1: the red collar.
0: And then what? He had like a little kid or did he have a nephew? There was a small one that sometimes would get beat up and then he'd be like, hey, that's the guy that beat me up. And Going off about that, I'm so
1: confused now that you say that. I think that might be his nephew right i feel I like it wasn't more actually like a his nephew kid for some yeah. reason like a sister's because where would kid. he be
0: all the other times yeah they couldn't have split up parents i mean they could beat the shit out of each other with two by fours but to say that he's a single father was not going to be in the question that'd be a weird thing isn't that weird dude the 30s cartoons like you can find some fucked up shit from back then they really the
1: lore of the 30s and 40s cartoons is very deep I'm highly racist. It's terrible. They try to pretend like it didn't
0: happen, but we know. It's bad. We got into some conspiracy theories. That's going to end up in our bro section, actually. One conspiracy theory that you're actually down for. Go.
1: I believe that we... Um, one of the biggest things at Area 51. For sure. Um, there was a landing of some sort of ufo we don't know what it is i'm not saying alien but i'm saying extraterrestrial of some sort and uh yeah i think there was a cover-up man i don't think i think that's uh one of my biggest conspiracy theories is there is some type of extraterrestrial being here on earth that we have either captured or have incarcerated in some way yeah crazy stuff
0: but yep that would be the one Mine is kind of similar in the fact that there is a Bigfoot and they have them. I don't think that Bigfoot could be around anymore. By now, there's too many drones and spies and cameras and different things like that. But there is a Bigfoot and we have them. We have the missing link and they're keeping them somewhere. I do believe maybe not Area 51 anymore. You know, they probably had to take all the heat off of it. And now it's somewhere in like Iceland or some shit. But there is like all the freak shit, you know? Have you ever seen the Pixar? No, it's not. It's DreamWorks. Monsters versus aliens. Yes. I believe that that facility that has like the blob, the missing link, the, the that, giant Mothra, and the giant lady. Genorma you're opening Girl things Andres.
1: to me. I, I, oh, man. You're opening up things to me. I'm like, yes. That's the type of thing I agree to. Where it's like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's uh, the, the Loch Ness Monster. There's the Chupacabra. They got them. They got them handled already. How could they not, right? I agree. We're definitely, I like doing this now. We're going to bookmark this for
0: our next episode so I could start dropping bombs for the next one already and start to plan it. So I'll write that down. Our next bro section, all conspiracy theories. I'm about Or it. just like this I'm one particular it. thing that I, yeah. apparently we both highly believe in right That's
1: now. That's
0: neat. Yeah. Nice. We'll go for that been a great bro section but we are going to close on out of that door because we have a lot to talk about in the superhero section fuck i mentioned a giant teaser and i forgot it so one of the biggest pet peeves is if you have personalized license plates do you like those i think they're tacky well apparently harley quinn does too because she'll shoot you if you have them That was my giant segue. I dropped the fumble on the way in, but we came around for a re-entry there to talk about James Gunn's 2021 The Suicide Squad. So just released this past Friday, that's August 6th, The Suicide Squad. Rated R comes in at 2 hours and 12 minutes. Just for anybody who's unfamiliar, plot synopsis on IMDb reads... Supervillains, villains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Bell Red Prison join the super secret, super shady Task Force X as they are dropped off at the remote enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. Written and directed by James Gunn, this movie has a ton of stars in it. Um, right here, they're listed as we see them, so we'll just kind of go through them as we talk about them. So right off the bat, as we went into this, sir, how did you like the movie?
1: I thought the movie overall had it had it held a pretty good standard to me. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very interesting, um, was a good stare, story, kind of threw me a different, threw a curveball in three different ways, which I thought was pretty interesting, um, was expecting one thing, got another, was expecting one thing again, got another thing again. Um, I like the cast. I really do. I like those actors and actresses a lot. Um, I thought they uh, add a lot of depth to the narrative. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought it was a really good. I thought it was a great story. Um, I'm sure some things here and there could have been done a little bit better. Um, maybe telling the story in more a direct manner than kind of going back and forth for a second there for some people, because I know it's tough to follow a story that way. Um, But overall, I would would say I could sit down and watch the movie again, yes.
0: Very great. Awesome spoiler-free synopsis there. We will go into spoilers right after this. I, too, found it fun. There were certain points where it just lost me pacing-wise. On your contrary, I enjoyed that it bounced, especially when it just... How it told us it was bouncing, so it would say two weeks ago, let's say, or now, and they didn't just do it like a bright, flashing text on the screen. It was built into the sand, or it was blown up into flowers, or whatever have you be. Again, trying to stay spoiler-free. That visionary behind James Gunn, that I did find appealing when it was there. There was a few times where I was like, all right, we get it. You did it. They, you know, It did wear a little thin at the end, but I did like it. Pacing wise, I could have thought, you know, two hours and 21 minutes. Warner Brothers got to make up their mind of where they see too long and where they will and won't cut stuff. Because for me, there were a few times where I was like, this movie could be two hours and 11 minutes really easily, you know, like 10, 15 minutes after this really would have stepped it up in a few places. But that was just how it is for me. The other thing that you said that I couldn't agree more with is the cast. The cast was so perfect that despite everything I just kind of said, the cast really carried it through, and I wanted to watch all of them from the start to the end, including Margot Robbie, who I did like from the other one. We talked, I think, off mic, but we could bring it up now about the fantabulous Emancipation something with the Birds of Prey movie, anyway. Right. That was a pretty good one, too, and so she was in this and really carried it, and I think for right yeah, no, so again, I'll, I'm going to say right now I enjoyed it. I thought it was good, not great. From here on out, faithful listener, we're going to talk spoilers, so you can go into as much detail as you want as you, if you want to even, do we want to go B for B? Yeah, we could kind of start off with the beginning of being the giant red herring of the poster saying, don't get attached. And again, guys, spoilers, three, two, one, the first mission in the first five minutes goes awry horribly, and most of the people that you're promised in the opening scenes die, die boom there it is so what did you think about that let me read them off too, or i'll pull that up as you tell
1: me what you thought so honestly as we yeah as you, you said that uh, that was the first thing that was the biggest throw off for me the biggest curveball was the beginning of the movie um i honestly watching the trailers i thought a lot of these characters were going to make it through to the end or make it through more than the first 10 minutes um and that was definitely not the case um they had a whole squad that was uh, we'll jump into that that was just ah it was that part was written very well where um a diversion team was there and you saw it we witnessed it it was gruesome too this movie is absolutely gory it earns the art
0: for sure a little bit gratuitous in some places, but I don't mind it in a movie called The Suicide Squad, personally. So I'm sorry to really hammer it in there, guys, because now I'm going to go so super specific. Apologies. Last spoiler, though, for everybody who's like, shut the fuck up, Batman. You said it already. Michael Rooker, Nathan Fillion, Yay Courtney, Flula Borg, Myla Nig. Oh, man, a last name of NNG. How would you pronounce that? Sorry, guys, I don't know. And Sean Gunn, a.k.a. Savant, TDK, Captain Boomerang, Javelin, Mongol, Blackguard. Oh, yeah, Pete Davidson was in there. Sorry. And Weasel all die in the opening shot. It was pretty fucking gnarly. Pete Davidson apparently called them out. But even if he did not sell over his team and cause this bloody of a first scene, I do also believe with what you hinted at earlier of them being a diversion, so the real cast of this movie can then proceed. With that, Harley was in the beginning, and so was Rick Flagg. They make it through the thing. But everybody else in the very first mission, the people that you see in the trailer with the backdrop of the American flag, Sans, Harley Quinn, and Rick Flagg, all dead within six minutes of the fucking movie
1: complete curveball. Like I said, I could not believe it enough. Um, seeing, uh, that, that was the per- for a spoiler we'll, we'll say would be, um, Pete Davidson, AKA, uh, Blackguard literally walking up to, um, a bunch of enemies kind of ad- admitting they're doing in whatever, whatever was going on. It was so confusing at the beginning. And all you see is, uh, a bullet come right towards his face and splat. You already knew right then and there that this movie was going to be gruesome.
0: The biggest one for me that I... I, I knew, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the poster says, don't get attached. I knew a lot of them were going to die. I knew... I thought the... Op- I I kind of had the sense, not as big as it happened. Because I really wanted to see a few more of them do a few more things, especially Captain Boomerang. He's one of the only other people who came from the original. He gets a few lines, but... Boomsy, boomsy. And then Mongol, Mongal, is such a weird poll from the DCU. Like, her brother is much bigger in Superman. And, like, so I wanted to see her do a few more things. But, no, we didn't get a lot of that. Meanwhile, the B-Squad rolls up on the beach, who is Idris Elba, John Cena, Danielle McCor, David DeSmallchin, and in voice Sylvester Stallone. But in body, I found out that it was actually Steve a-G, A-G-E-E, who also played John Economos in the like the bubble. He was the guy with the curly hair and the glasses. He was the on-set King Shark, as Sly Sylvester did. Sly Stallone,
1: excuse me, did the hand. Can we go back for a second and say how um, Weasel was the first character to actually take the L? Um, seeing whatever that was uh, later on, if you watch the full movie, though... That's what they. That's what you gotta do. You gotta watch the whole movie, all the way to the end. All the way to the, the, end, movie stops, the movie stops. the movie stops. Just noticing I don't know why we're holding spoilers. Yeah, we just said we wouldn't. Like,
0: he doesn't actually die in the first few minutes. It seems like he doesn't even make it off the airship and he drowns, which was like, he's fucking dead. Holy shit! What a weird turn. He drowns. This is
1: it. Like this, he, he's gone.
0: But it's also funny too. Is somebody was like, did anybody check to see if he could swim? And everybody kind of looked at each other like. Fuck no, we didn't check to see if he could swim and <laughs> he drowns, but at the very end he kicks up all the water and he runs into the forest and I was like, "What a nice weird little turn for that."
1: But this was after the everything, all the titles everything, and everything. Yeah, it was yeah. after everything. I couldn't believe it. So there's that. We'll take our, we'll t- we'll just cross that off the list first because that was something that I could not believe. Um after seeing B team roll in and then they kind of took that step back um and started talking about, you know, that week later, that you were saying, that was when I was like, "All right, now we're gonna get the premise of everything, and that's when we get to see everybody's little backstory." I thought that was pretty cool. So
0: we round up all our cast of characters at Belrev, and it's really fun. We have Idris Elba, and it's funny. One of my favorite jokes in the thing is somebody's like describing him to him, like your dad was an asshole and beat you and now you're a killing machine and nobody else can do what you do. And like almost two to three seconds later, we meet John Seaton and, and he goes, well, what's he doing? And he goes, his dad was an asshole and now he kills and nobody could do what he do. And he just help goes, that was the same fucking thing you just said to me. <laughs> I liked that joke because they are very similar. And that kind of rivalry plays off each other from the very first second that they're described to each other throughout the entire movie. So I did like that thread and watching them do it. My favorite breakout character, though, has to come from the people I didn't expect it from, guy, is fucking Dave DeSmallchin, Polka Dot Man. I knew that that was going to be really different. I like where they took him. I wish there was a little bit more, because who we got a little bit more was from Ratcatcher 2, and I think she edges him out as like, let's get a Ratcatcher 2 movie. Who the fuck ever thought I'd want one? But I want to see her in Ratcatcher 1, who was played by Tee Quatiti, who does a great job in that role the director of Thor Ragnarok. And I want that fucking movie. I want to see that go down because she was brilliant. She has Sebastian, who is a rat, hangs out with her. Catchy. Rat catcher is her name, funny enough.
1: Absolutely.
0: I'm reading here, voiced, if you will, by D. Bradley Baker. Anybody who loves voices almost as similarly as me, first thing I read, and I know that from, is that's Appa and Momo from Avatar The Last Airbender
1: there's big love for that guy then big love
0: on imdb has 631 credits for voice acting you know him whether you know him or not from space jam spongebob american dad phineas and ferb star wars like i just said he's he's in everywhere so to see that he was in this movie making fucking rat noises honestly bumps up my review a point two or something like i love
1: that d bradley baker's in this this is mind-blowing as i said earlier this is big reason anybody would want to see this film is the cast whether or not you love john cena you want to see what the guy could do you already know that we're all interested in seeing um you know a lot of people want to see pete davidson right off the jump as an old a new comedian a lot of people want to see some of the older people like. Idris, we want to see some of the people like Daniela. They want to see some of the people, you know, um, that we like. You said Polkadot Man. Holy smokes, I haven't seen that guy in forever. Like I feel like I haven't seen him in some film in forever.
0: He's in a lot of comic book movies. You might recognize him from the Dark Knight. From the Dark Knight, he's the one who's wearing Rachel Dawes' name and. So Harvey Dent's flipping the coin. He's like, who's next? And I don't know. And Batman swoops him and is like, what did you think you were going to get from him? He's a psychopath. Like, that's Dave DeSmallchin. If you watched Ant-Man, he's the one with Russian accent who has computer technology. He's in this. And there was one more that I read this morning. That I was like, yay, Dave DeSmallchin. He's also in Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, which I love.
1: So he does a little bit of
0: everything. He does, yeah, he does a little bit of everything. He was really good and Oh, fuck. What was I going to go with before that? Oh, yeah. That's right. The last person who I wanted to bring up from the previous mentioned one is I'm happy that we got back Viola Davis. Amanda Waller was perfectly cast. And for that to carry over was... I was really nervous about that. That they didn't recast. Either, either put in Amanda Waller as Viola Davis or don't do the character at all. And they didn't do that. They put her in and she was great. Carried through. Had the same presence. She is a powerful actor and she commands this role the way that amanda waller fucking deserves because she's been a boss since i've ever known the character, dude Gary, boss in dcau dude she is the best like she looks at batman and goes yeah so to continue on with the story it's actually quite simple the team has to break into a place called jodenheim is it Jotunheim? Jotunheim. Jotunheim. Wherever the Frost Giants in the Marvel Universe live. Right. Right? Or Jelgenheim. It's not Valhalla. It's not Asgard. It's one of the Heims, Okay, whatever. Anyway, from what you've seen from the trailer, it is the big bad of this movie is Starro. The plot twist, the thing that I kind of saw coming because, of course, is that The Suicide Squad went in thinking, you know, oh, we're getting into a foreign thing. It's a foreign thing. Fuck, you know, America has nothing to do with this. And, of course, America has everything to do with it. That's why they're there, to make sure that America doesn't get finger pointed on for giant star walking around. I kind of saw that coming. If not, if it was somebody else's problem, there's no way America's stepping in. That's kind of our MO, you know? It took Pearl Harbor blowing up for us to enter World War II when people were dying by the thousands. We would not step in on giant star creature unless our asses were going to be exposed. But that's just me. So I saw that shit coming.
1: I yeah, honestly, sitting there, there there were a couple moments where you were like, okay, saw that coming. Um, could see this, could see this. But most of the time, I, there was a handful of time where I was like, whoa, didn't see that coming. Just because I don't know the premise of Staro so much. I don't know the you know if you know the backstory of it, it's probably a little easier to follow what went along. Um, but as someone going in blind into it a little bit, I was like. Alright, you know, it did seem like it was um, you know, later on at halfway through you're just like, yeah, this is there's involvement somewhere where you could you could definitely see the United States has their hand in on something larger than they, they say they do. Always. They always do, fuckers. In between
0: that, the thing that really kinda killed me with the pacing, but I liked it, but I didn't like it in this movie was like a mini Harley Quinn movie where she's kind of kidnapped by a general or a guard who has caused this coup in corto maltese which is a deep dc cut by the way you know he could have put it on any real island but he chose a fictional corto like that's that's another thing where i was like yeah he read a comic book this is going good but he's like a general and he's gonna woo her and they have this whole love montage that lasts a while and at the end of the day She gets this awesome fucking moment of like, no, I'm Harley Quinn, you know, I'm nobody's bitch anymore. That's where I think, you know, the kind of, if you have personalized license plates, you die. Because the Joker did on his Lamborghini. And she said, you know, whenever I, if I ever met a guy like this again, who does A, B, C, or D, I'm going to kill him. kill him. And the Joker did A, B, C, and D. This guy did A, B, C, and D. So she shot him. And it was awesome. She gets taken captive and has to escape. And I just read this morning... She escapes by pulling a key off a dead guard with her big toe and then lifting her leg to her ankles where she's tied up to get it untied.
1: That was real. That all was shot practically. Wow. She really learned She that. actually yeah. did that. Isn't that, dope? that is that looked actually pretty intense to watch that. It looked like someone that had perfect ballerina skills just was able to finesse something so pretty. She did a really good job at her role. Um, but I totally agree. Uh, it seemed like it was a Harley Quinn spin off halfway through the film for a little bit, for where it was like 25, 30 minutes of like, what the hell is going on here? Um, this story could definitely have been told separate or short- shorter and could have told more of the main plot a little bit more. Uh, it did that a couple times um Another one was towards when I, I don't want to jump towards the end but when she's chilling at, and inside star oh, oh yeah that was a and funny that pause for like yeah, yeah. five minutes it was like five six minutes Just rats teardropping rats, in around yeah her so, I mean yeah. like I get they were trying to add but but like you said you could have made a, a film 10 minutes shorter easily, easily for a couple maybe even more than that you could probably could have made like this done this film in 158 you know, like an hour 58 210 tops. Agreed. I
0: would have run it at 205. I don't know why the 125 runtime just seems so good to me, but that's personally what I would enjoy. The thing that they gave away in the trailer that kind of bothered me was during this mini movie, the Suicide Squad, now that they're assembled, you know, Rick Flag has been picked up by the B Squad and they have to save Harley Quinn to go on to do exactly what I just said in the end of the building. And they have to rescue her. Meanwhile, she breaks her way out. And they ruined it in the trailer of like, wait, what are you guys doing here? And it's like, we're we're here to rescue you. And she's like, oh, you guys are so sweet. And I was like, fuck, that could have been a cool,
1: a cool little something if you left that in. But it was ruined. And yeah, they actually that was actually a snip. That you're right, it could have made something a lot cooler. But you're like, oh, I was anticipating. We this know what's going to happen. Like so we know she's going to escape now. Right. We, we were, always knew she was right. But, but to, yeah, it would right. have been a lot funnier to see it as it was happening than previously in a trailer could not agree anymore
0: filling this out a little bit more i want to go back to dave Desmalchin, who plays polka Dot man whose powers have been a little bit changed here his storyline is one that i want to talk about of uh, being the weirdest curveball of this movie to me so these polka dots come out of him and destroy matter almost burn it incendiary it and it comes from this cosmic rash that he has, a fourth or fifth dimensional rash, if you will, that causes him to fill up with these polka dots. And there's scenes where, like, it is literally almost like a mumps patient or somebody with L- Ellen yeah. on the face, but glowing polka dotty. And he's got to, like, it seems like the first time he, them, purged he says. them, yes, good point. So, later in the movie, when he's using them as weapons, it looks like he's able to, like, filter them out of his hands, but I think in the first one, he was literally purging, i.e. vomiting like, them up, like, could not
1: get them out he was quick enough. Yacking them up, I saw what a that, weird and I was turn, like, whoa, bro. it was, like, all shiny and pretty and stuff like that, and I was like, this is this is intense, and then they threw, the. I thought the part that threw me off was like, okay, we're gonna also make him schizophrenic, and He's also going to be terrified of his mother. <laughs> like, I was sitting there like, whoa, they really added some depth to this character. You're absolutely right. His first line is Idris Elba looks at him
0: and goes, we're all going to die. And he goes, I hope so. So later on, now he's filling up with all these things and they're talking more. And he talks about how we can really only channel them well when he's thinking about killing his mother. And he keeps bringing about how his mother gave him his powers, gave his brother and sisters their powers. And like he's got a mad mommy complex to the point where it goes one above anything that I really honestly was expecting to see. The biggest curveball of them all is he sees everybody as his mother, but with their attributes. So, like, we got a rat catcher mom. We got a king shark mom. We got a all of the different moms and then later on when Star was destroying the city it was we a get mom. a giant scary kaiju mom and
1: <laughs> I was dying about that yeah
0: that was a weird aspect that I loved though like that is a weird fucking take bro
1: and taking that and m- moving in on that when the dance scene happened
0: that was another good one.
1: Oh my gosh you saw him actually like sitting there grinding on his mom like what
0: <laughs> a friend of mine Mark shout out gave a good thing of like what is it with all these places and like dancing lately you know we got a dancing in Falcon the Winter Soldier we get dance scenes here and there all over the place I said this one can stay because of that shot where he's dancing with the different versions of his mom as themselves like fucking trippy what a weird dude was that guy I was
1: dying I was dying I thought that was definitely one of the most hysterical moments of the movie sitting there watching him dance with his mom Oh, all versions of everybody as his mom
0: it was fucking weird, but it was, it was, that was something that I liked and it was small enough that it went through and we got to the end quite nicely. Speaking of which, we do get to the building that, what are we going with? Jodenheim. Jodenheim, And of course, once again, I'm sorry to sound like a snob or a know-it-all or a fucking piece of shit blowhard, I knew that the John Cena thing wasn't gonna go well in terms of the mission. I knew that there was gonna be a point where one thing was gonna stand in front of the other and there was gonna be that thing, you know? Like there isn't it's so fucking cliche that he was gonna get information that, like I said, that America was in on this rig flag on one side saying the people have to know. And then we have the Peacemaker, a.k.a. John Cena, on the other side saying, I've been told not to do that. And he's going to kill Ratcatcher 2 over it. It leads to a whole battle that, once again, kind of seemed fruitless in the fact of, like, they've been plastering Peacemaker series. Come to HBO Max soon. So it's like, we know we're going to see more of this fuck. So the second end credit scene of him being alive Alive. was kind of like,
1: okay. Mm, Saw it coming.
0: But with that, I thought that the writing was so snarky that at the very end, when these two people go to pick him up, somebody asked them, well, what do you need him for? And I swear to Christ, I thought they were going to look at her all serious, like right into the camera and go, an HBO show. (laughs) That would have been a good, that would have been a much better ending. (laughs) We're all the money in the world. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We need subscribers. (laughs) But that that movie is, or that show is coming out. So him kind of being the double agent douchebag was another thing that I saw of just like, Okay. But it works out beautifully in terms of like how it ends. I had no
1: idea Peacemaker Show was coming out. Yeah. Oh sorry, spoilers. Yeah. Well Peacemaker Show's coming out. But yeah, um, like you said, that was kind of a given that there was it was foreshadowing throughout the entire film peace at any cost. I'd kill a kid for I'd kill a million kids for peace. Yeah. If there was a whole, he he was explaining it, the field with the bag of dicks was yeah. one of the best parts of the movie. I like you got to watch the film. Um, just kind of eh, the absurdity of what he would do for the peace. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that using that, I would say that was the foreshadowing throughout the film, saying yeah, there was gonna be a part of him where, like, nah, I'm not gonna do it. The group, the wants. right thing because right. the
0: government needs different peace, for peace. right.
1: Which, you know, kind of going back to conspiracy
0: theory, just a hint, just as touch, because we don't want to go too far down, is I can kind of agree with that sometimes of like what we were talking about with Roswell. Like if it really happened, if it sent close to two billion people into a panic versus not telling them and nobody panics, uh-oh, one makes peace, but it's also false peace because it's built on a lie and all that shit. And that's exactly what John Cena's character is all about of we're going to keep that thing a fucking secret because we can't have this crazy thing of thinking america would bring a giant starfish creature to the planet and have it take over like the more people it takes over the bigger it gets so that's how it gets to such kaiju levels and like having the people hurt with it and all that imagery that he did with that like you know if it got hurt in their leg all the hosts grabbed their leg i really had fun with that at that end battle it was it was a really good finale
1: i i thought it was um I had no clue, like, you showed me the picture of your trunk, or, that's a trunk, right? You showed me a picture of a trunk, and that had everybody with the star on the face, and I was like, I thought this was an almost like an original idea, almost, at first, because I ha- I don't follow, the lore is deep sometimes, so um, I was sitting there, and I was like, this is a new character, this is that, and you're like, no, this is old school stuff coming back to reality i was like this is awesome all right now you know i thought they took a good approach on it and seeing everybody go through the same pain everybody go ow i thought that was hysterical it was and cool it was you, a good detail it was supposed to happen yeah. everyone's supposed to feel the same thing they're all unified if they're yeah the great and um i thought it was i thought it was silly but now that you're talking about it and you're like, no, it's actually happened before. No, it's that's pretty cool. I think maybe they did it right. The color looked right. The size was neat. The idea of how it wrapped around the head was perfect. So it really goes back to the first time the
0: Justice League, it's not the first appearance of the Justice League, because some might remember that from, I believe it's the Brave and the Bold, where they're sitting playing chess with. Oh, yeah, it's that guy. That's the number one. But pretty much, like, I'm showing him right now, and I'll put it up in the video. Probably going to be inside the uh, thumbnail, whatever. Anyway, Starro versus the Justice League, like, yes, it is an old school thing that's coming back. And I thought that that was quite daring, you know? It was it was weird and cool in the way that he ended up playing it. The last thing, so Starro thinks, but when a person has a Starro on their face, they speak for him. And the last thing he says was, like, I was just cool drifting in space. Like, you fucks brought this upon me. And it's a gorgeous King Kong kind of moment of, you know, it was beauty that killed the beast kind of moment of like he was just doing his shit. We fucked his day up, so he took it out on us and now we kill him and like he's the monster. It was a gorgeous piece of kind of ending that I didn't see coming, you know, blowing up a monster. I thought it'd be like, all right, now we're done or like who ordered the calamari or just something stupid. But it ended with like an actual feeling of like I was fine just floating around looking at the stars. I loved, I loved that piece
1: of it. So using Star was probably one of the best to fill in as a, as any type of villain? Quotation Kinda. mark?
0: It's gotta be a situation that a team of these characters have to come together. It's gotta be balls to the wall. You know, that's why I like the Snyder cut so much. You know, yeah, Steppenwolf is pretty hard to beat, but not for Superman. Not in real life. Darkseid is. So having that need to defeat dark side is a good reason for the justice league a good reason for many of these dc characters villains if you want to call them anti blah, blah blah, has to be as good as their villain and starro whether or not he's a villain or you know the like we're talking about the monster behind it, blah, 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 he was a big enough threat that i was like i fucking buy this and like we're talking about in Canon's sake i was like we're really doing this like we're really fucking doing this right now like this is crazy tell me 10 years ago we're going on screen starro I wouldn't have believed you. I really, truly wouldn't have. And I was like, that's not going to be cool. And this was one of the parts of the movies. I think I'd said it earlier of how I felt about the movie was wishy-washy. If the cast wasn't what it was, and if Starro wasn't what it was, this would have flopped for me. Everything in between is kind of okay, but the cast really carried it, and then Starro at the end really paying itself off. And like I'm talking about that last line, boom. It was, it was a great way to end this movie.
1: Looking at this picture with you now, I'm sitting here and I'm like, never would they ever make a film about this i couldn't see it now like i mean it it doesn't look like it would be too poppy too pop culture for what what um some of the superhero stuff has become and they took it and they ran with it i thought it was neat i really like the color i like the idea of yeah the helpless giant floating through the, the abyss of the the uh of space and um, we were the ones that fucked up. And then it's a villain, you know. It, it, there's no hate until we cause it, until we create it. And we created it. So, yeah, Starro was a real cool villain, like villain, I'll say. Um, a real good end threat, yeah, we we'll call him. Yeah, I thought it was neat, really well written in. And um, uh, to see our characters so like they they didn't have the ability to uh, have the stars attached to their face. they were they were kind of like above that a little bit, you know, just you saw two like that the team equaled out to be what Star was. So the threat equaled out the team i I like that,
0: yes, it wasn't gonna be an obvious win. And it came at the very end from the character that I mentioned, and maybe why too. She stands out so much at the very end is. The way that Starro dies 100% at the end, again, sorry guys, spoilers, is the rats. There's like a stampede of, I don't know, I don't know numbers that well, 100,000 rats? The rats. 200,000 rats, half a billion rats, I don't know. It covered the city. It covered the city, it covered up a kaiju giant Starro. And it just bit Ain't into all of this shit. shit, and yeah, it was pretty gnarly. We do talk about Harley Quinn jumps into the eye of Starro. We mentioned earlier, like we get another mini movie there of all these rats also jumping in, and it's not—it's a liquid. And then they go and find the arteries and the capillaries and just start chewing away. And then she's in like this pool of blood, kind of shit with a yeah. javelin. Like it was intense. It was weird. It was intense, it was a but weird. it was
1: like I said, it was that was about five six minutes that could have been wrapped up a little shorter um see i mean star was huge though i mean it did take a while but he- wow honestly One right
0: I, at a time Yeah. i yeah. was
1: sitting there like my mouth was open i was like whoa i didn't kind of expect that to be the end factor the end game there but i i mean it did make sense i mean rats are rats and there's a lot anything. of them everywhere
0: always and yeah that's they're crazy yeah, they're crazy they'll they're eat crazy anything. to survive hell and yeah she was crazy too i yeah. like that I did, but she was also, I, I liked everything about her character, so yeah, you know, let's get a Rat Catcher. It, like, I would rather see a Rat Catcher 2 series than a Peacemaker series at this point. King Shark series. King Shark series, yeah, last guy. We should really touch on him quickly. He doesn't get much lines, but he is fun to watch throughout. I like that there's finally somebody I can cosplay as, so I'm going as King Shark first chance I get. Like <laughs> Me without a shirt on looks exactly like King Shark, bro, so I'm going to be going for that. He was a great standout character. All in all... It was a great experience. It, it was a good experience. You know, I'm having more fun talking with you about it than I had watching it.
1: It was funny because I think all of these, there was a couple of characters that had their own film, like almost little short film. And King Shark had their own little short film for a little bit when they were chilling in the aquarium part. Uh, i'm having fun yeah with whatever the fuck with those whatever were. the hell those things never were explain that never and explained I don't it. Find that either i like that it was I, just a weird little just a random little yep. short story there it something. happened often than that film i yeah. thought it was pretty neat for sure yeah. um king shark great edition hilarious really really good funny how much he makes off of just doing nothing yeah very minimal minds but he's Somewhat scary yet adorable. It's very strange how they played that off. He'll rip you in half,
0: but if you're his friend, he might hug you.
1: Honestly, one of the best parts of the film was that part where everything was raining and they couldn't see anything. And he ripped him in half. And in he the ripped them in half. Oh. I was like, that was sick. That'd be I, a killer tattoo. That was yeah. That was honestly really cool. Um, I thought there's parts that were just so well written, but then the parts that made it bad were the parts that were so obvious. I would say to me hmm But all in all, on a scale of one to ten here, what would you give it? I would give it an above. I would say it is an in my eyes, it's above a seven, but not quite an eight. Fuck
0: me, sir. I swear to God in my head I was going seven point five. Yeah. We're at the same page. It's right a about C a plus, seven five. Bro. Yeah. But, it
1: it deserves its work. Like it it deserved a little bit more work, but it all in all offered a I would see it in theaters. Like, if I would pay for a movie ticket to go see it, if I pay for a subscription for HBO. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I might. I did get it on HBO, but a few friends are also talking about going to see theaters. So, if we go, obviously you're invited. But I might go back to spend the money for it just because I I like the screen. I miss the screen. Right now, Ghostbusters is the only thing 100% getting me back in, but... Until then, this might do it. I don't know. Once again, I think that I've had more fun talking with you about it than actually watching it. And that's And talking those. about the idea of, oh man, you want to get a bunch of guys together? And we'll go, and we'll, like, that's more fun. I bet I'd be sitting there going, well, this is fucking stupid. I've, like, I've seen this, I don't know. Maybe next time. No, totally. Total overall 7.5, I would say.
1: I liked it yeah I think Sitting in a movie theater like you said Sitting discussing it with somebody If you're sitting there with somebody else in a theater You guys would have the same type of interaction Where it's like what the hell Yeah, You exactly. see that oh, yeah oh, I oh, saw oh. that Holy shit yeah, you know yeah exactly. Definitely real cool stuff to talk about with a friend Yeah
0: Sir thank you so much for coming here and doing this episode It was very very fun to do this live and In person definitely going to have you back Again it was a pleasure great great talks Here thank you for coming out just in case anybody has forgotten from the first few times, once again, please, if they want to hear more, see more of you and your awesome cannabis knowledge, where can they go so to find some
1: So hop on right on the Instagram, Northeast PA underscore Canna, C-A-N-N-A. Um, just here to spread the wealth and knowledge of uh, cannabis, knowledge of power. It goes a long way, especially with the, this plant. So I'm here to like help everybody in this state and anybody that just wants to learn about it, learn more. So, again, thanks for having me. I really appreciate even stepping up and swinging by and discussing some nerd nerd stuff, man. I love nerd talk, so this has been great. Good, dude. I'm glad you had a fun time. Definitely going to have you back for another
0: one. Thank you. And thank you to all the listeners out there final time i'm gonna ask if you could it would be nice go on the internet to your facebook instagram twitter all those fun things have to subscribe follow like youtube man some more subscribers would be fun there too but if you can't do any of that i understand you know people got to people busy days but what you can do guys human interaction talk to your friends tell them about the show because i guarantee if you know a person who likes Bug bros or superheroes have i got a fucking show for you my name has been nick james And I'm Danny G,
1: this is Buds, Bros, and Superheroes, and we are out of here.